So good morning, everyone. Hope you guys are doing well. Um, Roger asked me to speak because he and Trish are on vacation. So you're going to get me for two weeks. Hope you guys can suffer through it. Um, <laughs> um, he asked me to, uh, Richard, uh, Glenn, and I were uh, with a meeting with Roger. I think it was in August, I think it was. I think so. Anyways, so... Um, I knew, I knew that this time was coming up. I knew that, you know, in October he was going to, they usually go to Hawaii in October. I think they got a timeshare or something. Anyways, so I kind of asked him, I go, who's going to be speaking while you're gone? And he just said, you are. I, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, surprise. So, um, yeah. so, I mean, he gave me a fair warning, but um, he really didn't ask me. He just told me. So, so here we are. Um, and uh, so as I was trying to prepare, and um, I'm, I really feel unprepared for you guys, but um, I was asking the Lord, you know, about, uh, about what he'd like me to speak about. And um, uh, the one thing that came, the first thing that came to my mind, I'm sorry, is, is basically the, uh, a lot of the social events that are happening right now in our country really are um, on top of the news list, especially when it has to do with sports. And if you guys, any of you guys know NFL, um, there's there been this thing about kneeling during the national anthem, and there's been a big protests um, by a lot of the people that watch it. They refuse to watch the NFL now because of what they're doing and the meaning of, um, of what's going on and um, what's and what's happening and how they're reacting to that. And I saw the other day, um, or it, uh, yeah, the other day we were watching um, uh, the soccer team up in Oregon, they all knelt during the national anthem. And it was, uh, it made me start thinking about the condition of our, our country and what, what's happening around us. And it made me think of, um, in the Bible, believe it or not, in the Old Testament, is Lamentations, um, and where Jeremiah is um, lamenting over the condition of, uh, of Jerusalem and of Judah and just, uh, just a country and as a whole. And... Um, and then it made me think about, I, I was just, you know, we were, I listened to KPRL. I don't know if you guys listen to KPRL at all. It's a local AM station in, in Pass Robles, and I think it, it makes it to Atascadero every once in a while. But anyways, just kidding. Um, so it, they were talking, they're talking about this. This is a, top, a, hot, a hot subject, and they're talking about this. And it made me think, um, as I was listening to them talk, one of the things that it made me think about was um, the cost of, of what, what we what we have available to us, the freedom that we have, there's a cost to that freedom. If you go back to the beginning of our country and the freedoms that that we had to to fight for to get, the freedoms that the the people that you know founded this country or started this country, well, so let's let's God, God started the country, so he's he's the one that's you know reason why we're here and why we have the freedoms we have. But then the men that he used, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, those men, and then the men that actually fought. And then it made me think about World War II. World War II, the, the, that generation is considered what? The greatest generation of our nation because of the sacrifice, the cost. There was cost involved. And it wasn't just cost of um, men. It was also cost of women. And then the sacrifice that the people that even were here, that demon go to fight, they, they sacrificed. They sacrificed food. They sacrificed time. They, you know, I mean, they gave. They, they came together, built airplanes, I mean, there's lots of different things that this country did at, at that time. And, it, and then it 
over time, we seem to have forgotten that. We, we get comfortable. We get, get used to what we're doing, our day in and day out, our, our everything. And I, I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. I go to work, and I'll work 10, 12 hours, 14 hours. just depends on my day. My wife's looking at me funny. But, I mean... Uh, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm the one that's in charge. Uh, everyone else there is counting on me. So it, as the, depending on how the day goes, I may, may I, you know, it may go smooth or may not, you know, I, it's, it's a lot of times, if I have to look at something, a lot of times it doesn't get done until at night because then I'm not being bothered because then I can focus on something. If it's during the day, I'm getting phone calls or I'm getting the guys coming to ask me questions and saying, hey, this, we need this, we need that. And so it, my, my attention is divided. And we sometimes forget, forget the cost. We forget what it took. Um, sometimes we could take our own salvation for granted. We could forget the cost of what it took to have our own salvation as we go through our day, you know, looking at other people, having to deal with them. And it, I was reading through Lamentations. And if you've never read Lamentations, then... Um, it is kind of a, you know, you have to kind of understand it a little bit. Um, for 40 years, Jeremiah is warning them about the coming captivity, of coming slavery, coming the, um, what's going what's gonna to come. And through that 40 years, he is being ridiculed. He's being laughed at. He's not, it's not like they're listening to him. They're, and he's, he's, he's upset. What's happened now is they've, uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar's come in, and he not only did he, has he taken them captive, and not only has he shipped them to different parts of, the, of his empire, but he's destroyed Jerusalem. He's destroyed the, the temple. He's, he tore everything down. And that's all he sees. He just, Jeremiah sees this, and his heart's breaking, and he's, he's lamenting. So he's crying out to God, and he's, um, he's trying to share with God what, how he feels. And the first part, in chapter 1 and 2, he's talking about, I got it right here. So he's, he's talking about the destruction of, of Jerusalem. Now, they call it a poem or an elegy, um, but he's, he's going through his, he's just saying, look, at, this, is, this is what's happened. The city is desolate. There's nothing coming. There's no, there's no parties. There's no festivals. There's nothing that the city used to be like. And he's, he's bringing this to God. Now, there's different, there's different kinds of lamenting. And there are different kind of lamentations, as you could per se. Um, Elijah, at one point in time, was lamenting to God about how he's the only one left. What kind of lamenting is that? that that's more complaining. Now, if you've had any children, you know children do that sometimes, right? They're lamenting to you, or, or as we call it, whining, right? And... Um, sometimes we could do that with God. Sometimes we can come to God, we're lamenting or, or whining over something that's not very significant, and yet um, God, God knows the difference, just like we know the difference when our children were doing that. We know when they're whining versus something that's really serious, really, they're really remorseful about. Um, God does the same thing. So God wants to know where, where, where we're coming from when we're coming. And I really feel like we need to, as um, the children of God, as sons and daughters of God, we need to come before God and really be lamenting for our country as a whole, um, that we're forgetting about where, where we're coming from, where we've been from, what, what we've done, the sacrifice God has made for us, and we need to, um, we need to uh, lament. We need to come to a place where we're praying for 
our nation and praying for our towns, our cities, our, even our families, and really coming before God, not just um, uh, coming and just quick prayer, oh, Lord, please, you know, you know, so, and I, I know sometimes when, uh, let me back up here, when, on the, when Jeremiah is trying to let the children of Israel know about what's coming because of the decisions they're making, um, I've done that with my, my children. I don't know if you guys did it with your children, but I have a son at home, and um, I tried to, sh- tried to disclose the cost of things to him so he understands what life is all about. Um, <clears throat> it, not these two, I'm sorry. Well, I do, I do with these two, but it's my older son. And so I'll just give you an example. And believe it or not, I've said it enough that he's actually shared it with someone else who told me about it. But I try to say, you know, when you take a shower, you don't use just one bill, but you use three bills because you use the lights, which is electricity. You use the water, and then you use gas because you have hot water when you take a shower. So I want you to understand. So I'm trying to teach him the value of something and understand this all costs money. This is not just a free ride, you know? So... I, I, I think I said it way too many times because <laughs> he's shared it with someone, uh, 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 one of my coworkers, he was going to a class with him and he shared that with him that I keep saying that to him. So, um, and I, it made me think, you know, that God keeps coming to us, saying things to us that we need to pay attention to. And sometimes, you know, we make us go, oh God, why? I've heard this before, God. You keep saying this over and over again just like our kids do. And um, there's times that we need to come before God and we need to, to realize that, you know, God's warning us. He's telling us something. He's trying to show us something and we need to pay attention. Otherwise, we're going to come into a point in time where our lives are, are dark. Um, it, it says here, if you want to open there, I'm sorry, I don't have a, I don't have a PowerPoint thing set up. I, um, I, I don't know how to do that. If I, I, I should learn how to do that, huh? So that way it makes it easier for you guys. So I have the scriptures up there. So if, if, you, if you've got, you can hear me? Okay, I'll, I'll just read this. This is Lamentations 1, and this is Jeremiah. And he's talking about, now this is from the uh, Necessary and Vineyard version, not my uh, a New American Standard. So it says, how deserted lies the city, once so full of people, how like a widow she is. Once was great among the nations, she who was a queen among the provinces has now become a slave. Bitterly she weeps at night, tears on her cheeks. Among all lovers, there is no one to comfort her. All, all her friends have betrayed her. They have become her enemies. Her afflictions and harsh labor, Judah has gone into exile. She dwells among nations. She finds no resting place. All who pursue her have overtaken her in the midst of her distress." And that's the first, just the first three he's just describing of what's happened. And he's, he's lamenting over her, her thing, over her, her condition. And towards the bottom, and I'll just, um, right here, uh, verses, um, verses, uh, one, uh, verses 20 through the 22, he says, See, Lord, how distressed I am. I am in torment within, and in my heart I am disturbed, for I have been most rebellious. Outside the swords um, bereavened, inside there is only death. People have heard my groaning, but there is no one to comfort me. All my enemies have heard my distress. They rejoice of what you have done. You may bring the day that you have announced so it becomes like me. 
Let all their wickedness come before you. Deal with them as you have dealt with me because of my sins. For all my groans and many uh, are many, and my heart is faint. So he's, he's, he's just coming before the Lord. He's laying bare how he feels, and, but he's trying to let the children of Israel know what's, what's happening. He's, you know, he's a prophet. He's the one that's trying to keep them in line and keep them in check, and they're not listening. And he shares this. There's someone else in the Bible that does, this, does something very similar, and uh, Jonah, uh, Jonah and um, Elijah are the same, but um, oh, I'm going to forget it. Nehemiah. Nehemiah becomes, when he hears the, the, uh, the condition of Israel, the first thing that he does is he comes before the Lord, and he starts to weep. He cries. He bears his heart out. But he does it in a way, and, and Jeremiah does it in the same way, too. He shares, first of all, he shares about how... Um, the condition of, of what, how Israel is. And he comes in and he goes, the anger of God, he, this is the next chapter, and how, ang- how God lifted his, his hand off of them to allow them to, to, go, to suffer so they could, so they could start to remember. And, and God will do that with us. And when we start getting lethargic about how our relationship is with God and how I shared before about my, my hours per day that I do, it happens, you know, I mean, I, I, I work all day, and I come home, and I just want to just veg, you know, just rest, you know, I don't want to do anything else, I don't want to handle anything else, I don't want to, I, oh, I need to spend time with God, and I just, I don't have the energy or the strength or, or the desire to spend time with God, and sometimes that's the last thing on my mind, especially with the normal ins and outs of, of daily life, too, you know, I know I need to in my head, in my heart. I know I need to spend time with God, and I think about it. I need to spend time with God, but then, as my workday goes back and forth, as I was sharing, sometimes I forget or things happen. And you know, you have we have certain responsibilities that we. If you got young kids, you know, I got to get them to school. I got to pick them up from school. I got to make sure they do homework. I got to feed them. I got to get them to bed. And then by that time, that all is said and done then you're, you're tired. Or if you're running a business like I am and you're working as many hours, you're tired, you stop. And you, you just, you know, in my head, I know I need to do it. And in my heart, I know I need to do it. But I don't make the time to do it. Now, my wife was talking about that to me today, this morning, because I said, I don't know how I'm going to come up with two sermons. <laughs> I'm good for one, I think. <laughs> one every six months, I could probably do it. But back to back, what am I going to talk about next week? <laughs> and she goes, Time management. I said, <laughs> yeah, time management. When, when did I do that? She goes, you need to do time management. You need to make some time. And that's true. I need to make some time. I need to make some time so I can spend time with the Lord so I know what he wants. I mean, this is, now, th- he, he's been talking to me about this and, and uh, about, about this and about the, uh, the condition of our country since Roger mentioned it to me and the things that have happened with the NFL, but also um, a few weeks ago in Las Vegas, what happened in Las Vegas? To, be on, to, to let you know something, Karen and I were there that day before it happened. We, we had left before it happened. I was in a softball tournament and, um, with, with some guys, and um, we were there, and we left like at 2 o'clock, and then on our way back, we hear about this, this shooting. And some of the guys that were on our team were still there. They were staying the night. But not, and thankfully, none of them were hurt. None of them, none of them were at that concert. But it just, 
something like this, something like that happens, and that makes my heart cry out. What, what is our nation? This is where we need to lament for our country. This is where we need to come together because things are happening in our country that because we have freedoms and we, you know, we, we do have the opportunity to worship and do the things we have free speech where other countries don't have that, um, uh, we, I, we need to come and we need to start crying out for our country. Not, not whine, not complain, but cry out for our country, our, our towns, our cities, the whole, the whole thing. Um, you know, even our, our president. You know, you may not like our president. You may not agree with, with our president. He is our president. And I think him being elected president shows you how our country is, where, what kind of fracture our country is. Because people want change. They don't want, they don't want the same old, same old, same old. That's why, that's why he got elected. People are wanting something different. And they got something different. He is way different. <laughs> he, he is way, way different. He, is, he speaks his mind. He says what he says. And you're going to like it or not like it. You're going to agree with it or not agree with it. It's going to offend you. And I'll be honest with you. Some, I, I mean, I like some of the things he's done. And some of the other things I, I don't care for. I mean, it's not that I agree with them I, I, all the time. I'm not behind them 100%. But I think our nation is at that point. You could tell by who we've got as a president. And you could tell our nation needs to, it, it, it needs a wake-up call. It needs something, something that's going to come. And I think it needs the Holy Spirit to come with a huge wave over the whole country. And I think it's going to start with, you know, small groups, small people getting together uh, on, on Wednesday mornings, we go to a men's thing, and that there's 30 different churches. Uh, uh, over 100 men get together from 30 different ch churches that are, are uh, bound together by one thing, and that's God. And that's by his mercy and his grace, because we're reconciled to God as one. And it doesn't matter what, what church, what belief you have, what if you're, you know, Baptist or if you're non-denominational, we're together because God, God, it's because of God. It's because of what Jesus did. And so it's going to take something like that with all the churches. We're going to have to bind together and realize that we're all sons and daughters of God in order. And we're going to have to come together. We're going to have to start praying together and asking God for his hand to move. And this is where real Real mourning, uh, um, lamenting, praying before God. We're going to have to get down on our knees and really pray for, for our nation and our towns and our cities. And not just for salvation. I, I just want to see God come and move and then let God do it. I, I, I mean, I, I, we could pray for salvation, but I, don't, I want to see God's hand move, his mercy to come. His, I mean, we know it in our hearts. We, we, I know it. And I, mercy, God's mercy is the only thing that brought me to the cross was his dying on the cross dying for me to, to give me in a relationship with him. And now I have so much more freedom and so much understanding of who I am. And I know all you guys do also. You, you know that. But we need to open the eyes of the other the people that are out there that are asking all these other social things, you know, the bathroom thing about not having, you, you know, just having one bathroom instead of having girls and boys bathrooms. And, you know, I mean, there's all these other social things that are out there that, the generations behind us are, are, are going, uh, my brother, I'll, I'll just bring up one thing. My, my brother, who's nine years younger than me, he says, well, let gay people get married. It's okay. Why not? Just let them get married. Let them have the same. It's like, it, it's, it seems like we're giving up on, you know, as, as the generations behind us come up, they're forgetting 
what's coming up behind us, kind of like what Israel does. You know, I mean, years, 40 years, Jeremiah is trying to talk to them and talk to them and talk to them. And they're like, eh, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. We're going to worship idols. And he's warning them, this is what's going to happen. And the same thing could happen to us. This is a great nation. This nation, God uses this nation to serve all the other nations. I mean, this nation gives more than any other nation to help, you know, Mexico or wherever we have an issue, you know, wherever there's, we give. We, we give, we give, we give. And this, God uses this nation, and he's, he could still use this nation. I, we just need to get back to understanding where this nation started at, and uh, it's going to take us to do it. We're going to have to pray that God's hand comes and we get a revival like we haven't had before. And uh, towards the end here, let me... Uh, I don't want to... I know I'm talking, but... Let me see here. I got to... The screen keeps locking on me when it goes dead. So, um, so he uh, in chapter three he he goes into um, let me let me get to chapter three here. This, this is important. Oh no! Don't do that, man. What'd you do that for? I went backwards. <laughs> I can't. There we go. There we go. Okay. So in in chapter three he kind of does um, what Nehemiah does. He goes, he's, he's, he starts listing um, uh, uh, how he feels. Before, he talks about the desolation of, of Jerusalem. But in chapter 3, he says, I'm a man who's been afflicted by the rod of the Lord's wrath. He has driven me away and made me walk in darkness rather than light. Indeed, he has turned his hand against me again and again all day long. He has made my skin and flesh Grow old as broken at my, and has broken my bones. He has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and hardship. He has made me dwell in darkness like th- those long dead. He has walked with me. Um, oh, I'm sorry. He has wailed me in so I cannot escape. He has weighed me down with chains. He's even even when I call out for help, he shuts out my prayers. He's 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 sharing his heart about the whole thing about how he feels. He's, he's really coming before God and, and sharing with God, hey, God, this is how I feel. This is what's, what I feel you have done. Even though God really hasn't, he's done it against the, the nation, and, but he's like, you know, God, this is how I feel you've done. And he's sharing this with the, with the children of Israel. He's saying, this is what's happened. This is how I feel what's happened to the nation. And the only way to get it back is to, to, to share, burden his heart, to just unload it. And I, sometimes we have a burden on our heart that we need to unload, that sometimes we don't unload. That may be a, a, a child that we were trying to, like my son, like I'm trying to uh, share with him, you know, um, there's a burden on my heart about, about who he is. I know that I love him, he's my son, and I want him to come to church, and he doesn't come to church, and I, I want him to understand what life's about. And, and sometimes I go about the wrong way. Sometimes I do the, you know what that costs to do that? Instead of, uh, you know, going before the Lord and letting the Lord know on my heart what is like. I, I know the Lord knows that, but there's something about us coming before him, you know, burying it before him, sharing that. Like Nehemiah did. Le- Nehemiah, he hears the condition of, of what's happening, and he goes before the Lord, and he says, Lord, you know, hear my prayers. He starts wailing. He's crying. And then he says, he goes, I have sinned, Lord. I have my, my sins are upon those sins. So basically, he's, he's opening himself up. He's not, he's not saying, he's not putting the blame on one person. He's not putting the blame on one group of it or one individual. He's saying, 
We've all sinned, Lord. We've all come. But then he goes in, and, and, what, and same thing Jeremiah does. He goes in, and he says, but Lord, you promised. Lord, you said you were going to do this. And he reminds the Lord, even though the Lord didn't forget, he reminds the Lord. He's saying, Lord, you promised that you were going to make us a nation, that you were going to make us a blessing. And that's what Jeremiah does. He, he goes in and starts rem reminding God. He's saying, God, you told us we're going to be this. I mean, we sing a song. He never lets go. You know, I mean, he promised he would never let go of us. We're, he's going to protect us. He didn't say that we wouldn't have troubles. He didn't say we wouldn't have strife or difficulties. He, you know, uh, we didn't say any of that. He, we would, we're going to have those things. But he said he's never going to let go of us. No matter the, the hills or the valleys, he's got us. And... So we need, to, we need to go back in and say, hey, God, you've got us. We know. We, you promised us. We're going ha to have this. And so that's what uh, Nehemiah does. That's what Jeremiah does. They both say that. They both remind God. They, they, they speak out the promises of God. And th that lets them get through the tough times, but it also stirs God. Because God needs, to, God needs to know that we're listening to him and we hear him and we, we read his word. Kind of like make my wife with the time management. We have to go back in and we have to know that we're listening to God and God and we're understanding what God is saying. Kind of like with with the, the what He's asked me to speak about today, and I, I didn't know how I was going to put it together. I didn't know. I'm like, Lord, how are you going to have me put this together? I how am I going to work this out? I know there's this piece and this piece and this piece, but how do we want to to put this together? And um, I. The thing on my heart about this whole thing is, is our whole nation, our, our, our cities, our town, how we're being affected socially with certain um, events that are around us and, and how some of these things are, are, are trying to take over, yet God is in control. God is the one that we need to go to. We need to start sharing and, and coming together as a nation, as a group, as a church. We need to get together and say, this is what we need to do. We, we need to start praying, Lord. We know our nation's this way. Lord, we know we've sinned. We, we know we're, we're a divided country. Lord, we need you to come with your hand, your Holy Spirit, and come a wave upon us. And it, it needs to start with us first, and then we, it, would, it would move through the nations. As, as we go and as we share with what God's been doing in our lives, it would start happening in other churches and happening throughout our whole nation and happening throughout the world. Um, there was, um, on Cape Real, I, there was a, a lady who was talking about, um, uh, the, she was sharing, and she, is, she was sharing about, Mus about Muslims. And there was uh, a young person that got up and said, so you're against, you're against Muslims. And she, she was in the country where she had no rights. Um, uh, I, I forget which country she was in. I, I want to get her name so I can re-listen re to it again. But they were sharing it, and they shared her speech. And her speech was right on. She says, I'm not against Muslims' rights. Most Muslims are not the way talking about uh, terrorism and, and jihadists. And she said, most Muslims are not that way. They're peaceful people. They get along. But these people here, and she starts going on, and, and she's very specific about her rights and how she lost her rights. And she had no rights at all. And th different things that they do and how they kill people. And she was very specific about it. And, uh, and she was saying, this country, our country has the freedoms that we have. And this is why we come to this country. It was for the freedoms, for the, the right to worship and the right to do. do. So I, 
it just really spoke to me because it was the cost. They were asking after they after they did her her speech. It was like the the Kevin, who's the the radio host. He says, you know, he's he poses a question to everyone on the radio, and the first thing that comes to my mind is the cost, the the cost of of how our nation got here. The cost we forgot about the cost, and I don't want us to forget about the cost of what how we got here. You know, of what Jesus did. There's a there was a cost. I mean, he died. For us, he shed his blood. He, and so there was a cost. So in order for our nation to come back to the way it was, there's going to be a cost on our part, and we're going to have to come together. We're going to have to cost. The cost may be our time. It may be money, but I'm thinking more of time and prayer and in talking to God and understanding a, a where we where where we're from in order for the change to happen. You know, for what we want. I mean, we want Jesus is. A loving God. He loves us no matter what, no matter where we come from. And I, I, when, we, when we speak out against so, social things that are out there right now, people look at us as we're being what? We're being judgmental. We have no compassion. We have no understanding. We don't, um, or what's the word I'm looking for? There's a word I'm looking for, but we're, we're passing judgment against them because we have a, we have a point of view. And but Jesus is loving. Jesus loves us no matter where we came from, no matter what we did, no matter what atrocities we may, we may have committed in our life. Um, he loves us and he accepts us. And that's what we're supposed to be portraying to the, the people out there versus other religions that don't do the same thing. And when we, when we come and when we start to pray and we start to come together and we ask God to start taking over our country, like I think we, we need to, then I think that will start flooding our nation. Does that make sense? I'm, I'm trying to get a point across. I'm hoping I'm getting it across. I, that's, you know, instead of, instead of being looked at as being judgmental and against homosexuality, against um, all the other social things that they've got out there that, that we, we supposedly are, you know, uh, a gun kills someone, so it's, it's right-wing people that, you know, that it's their fault. You know, it's... it's you know, and if you believe, you know, if you believe in guns, you know, you know, having the right to ownership of guns, or you know, it's they 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 came out and uh, on CBS there was a, a, a vice president or something. She she said something about that, and she got recorded. And after she got recorded, so they went to the went to the 68th floor to their to her bosses and said, "This is what she's saying," and she said something about you know the gun gun people need to be. Um, I forget the exact words what she said, but my wife remembers. So, oh yeah. So yeah, she said something about that about country singers all all Republicans and and so, anyways. So she got fired for what she said. So, but I want to. Um, anyways, I don't know why I led into that, but <laughs> but I um. I just, uh, if, if we're, I, I don't want this just to be just about our nation, but I also want to be this about if, we, if we're struggling with um, friends um, that don't, that, that are doing things that we've tried to talk them out of, that we try to share with them, say, you know, your, your life is, that, that's not the way your life should be going. You're going down a destructive path. Our neighbors, um, family members, you know, that we need to come together and, 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 or we as individuals need to start praying for them where we're actually bearing our heart, not just a superficial prayer, 
oh, Lord, please come into life, or, you know, just a two-second prayer, but we actually need to take the time to really pray for them. Really, I, I know there's been people in our lives that have really turned a wrench in our life. You know, really, um, when I say turn a wrench, I mean, you know, um, not in a good way. You know what I mean? You know, put a thorn in your side, that type of thing. You know, where there, it's, and it's a struggle. And it's a struggle sometimes, they, and they've done it so much that it's hard to pray for them. You know, sometimes it's like, you know, I, I, I know people say it, let go and let God but sometimes that's hard. You know, I mean, I think that's a bad one. I don't think let go, let God. I think we need to get in there and keep praying for them and keep, you know, even for our nation. You know, it's like, oh, well, I can't do anything about it. You know, the, the majority has spoken. And no, I think we can. I think we can go before God and, and share um, out of our hearts of what, of, what we, uh, of what we're feeling and what we think God, you know, what God is saying about the situation. So um, I'm going to have Carol and Phil come forward and, um, and play some music. But what I'd like to do is um, I'd like to, um, like to pray, but i also like to pray for anyone that's, that's having a hard time with, um, you know, like a, if you're having a hard time with a family member that you've been praying for or thinking about that you want to, you know, really want to pray for. Or if you want to, um, uh, I was also thinking that if we, um, we could also, as a group, pray for the, our nation, you know, really, you know, as individual, you know, we could just start praying as, you know, as a group, as, as they're worshiping, we can come up and just, if you want to pray where you're, where you're at and you want to say something loudly or, you know, if, or if you want to come up and use the mic and pray, um, I, I think, you know, starting with our nation is, in, is important, I think. And um, also then praying for the, the, if you're praying for someone or, or struggling with someone, a family member that you really want them to have a better relationship with God or, or they've fallen away. Um, like my son, I, 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 I struggle with that sometimes. I, I know in, in my heart that he's, he believes. Um, he, uh, he's, he's different than me. I, I didn't get saved until I was 15. And my, my, my dad was Catholic and my mom was Christian. And I, to be honest with you, until I was 15, I didn't even know that. Um, I went to Catholic school one year. My, my, it was second grade, um, and but I didn't know that my dad. I, I, I didn't know my dad was Catholic, and I didn't know my mom was Christian until I was 15. When I got saved, they got saved. At the same at the same time, I went to a a, a youth group, and they went to a Bible study. And um, at that time, that's when. I, and I'll be honest, I, I've never, um, I, I've never been drunk. I've never smoked a cigarette. I've never done any drugs, up until that time and after. I've never. I and I'm not saying I'm perfect. I, I'm I'm not saying that. I I I did stupid things too as a kid. You know, you know stuff I shouldn't have done. Probably I broke a window. I broke a neighbor's window. I threw a rock at it and. And then my dad made me write a letter and apologize to the person. And I mean, I've done, I've done those things. I'm not saying I haven't. What I'm trying to say is uh, I, I didn't do those things to, be, to say that, you know, I was at the last rung of my rope, you know, and God saved me. And I thought I didn't have a good testimony with that until someone came to me and says, you know, it's nice to hear a testimony like that, that God saves regular people too, not just people who are in the last rung of the rope. And... My son has grown up in a church. All my kids have because, I, you know, I was a Christian. My wife's a Christian, and we raised him in the church. So he's, we, 
what, what happens when you're, you go to church? You take your kids to church, right? And they're, they're just saturated with it. And I know he's got to make a decision of his own. He's going to be 25 here next week. Next weekend, he's going to be 25. And, and um, when he was, I think it was 10, we used to go, if you remember Star Farms, we used to go to Star Farms on 4th of July. We had a good time out there. When he was 10, he came to me, and Roger was doing the baptism. And he goes, Dad, I want to be baptized. I didn't ask him that. I didn't say, hey, do you want to be baptized? He came to me. So I'm clinging to that because I know that he came to me and he asked to be baptized. So I'm clinging to that, that that's, that's still in him. Even though he doesn't go to church, he doesn't do the things that I would love to see him do like my other two sons. I mean, I say, are you going to church? And Mitchell wakes up and goes, yeah, I'm going to church. And he gets up even though it's the last minute. And Stephen gets here early. He does the, the you know, the words from the music and the PowerPoint. And so, and so my other two daughters, they, they, they're believers. I just got to hang on to, you know, hang on to something that my heart needs a break for, you know, that I need to bring my son. Hey, Lord, I know you've got him. I just not seeing it. And I know the Lord's got this nation. He's got us where he, where he wants us. He, and he's letting us, you know, he's like Jerusalem. He's letting us go. I mean, we do have freedom in Lord to, to, to choose to follow him or not follow him. Even when we're believers, he lets us sin on our own. He let, but he lets us come back. And he, but he waits for us. He wants our heart to break to say, we need to come back. And our nation needs to come back.